0: You're listening to the Ones Ready Podcast, a team of Air Force special operators forged in combat with over 70 years of combined operational experience as well as a decade of selection instructor experience. If you're tired of settling and you want to do something you truly believe in, you're in the right place. Now here's your host, PJ team leader, jujitsu lover, meme enthusiast, and dad joke aficionado, Aaron Love. Welcome to the team room, everybody. you've got Trent and myself here. We've got a special one for you. A stove fresh out of the pipeline at his first duty station. He got the best duty station he possibly could with myself and Chief Peaches. He's nice enough to come on, so we're gonna talk to him about all things pipeline, how to get in there, how to be successful, and you're talking to a guy that's coming out as an, as a young officer, as a young lieutenant, uh, getting ready to crush it and get after it uh, with the pipeline very fresh in his memory. So we're excited about it. The only thing I'm excited about more than talking to people, Is this hoist right here? You know why I'm excited about it is because this isn't this isn't my hoist. This is Trent's hoist.
1: It was it was literally down on your porch, and I just opened your uh, I opened your new shipment, and I'm drinking it. You know, you try to be you know bring people into your home and all that, and all they do is steal your hoist. That's the danger (laughs) of hoist is it's so good (laughs) that even your friends will steal it from you. My kids steal it. My friends steal it. It's uh, friends. No no kidding. Your kids this morning.
0: We're just like hoist we got that de- we got back from a little shopping trip she goes, hoist i love hoist i was like you get your hands off my orange you don't need you don't need IV level hydration my girl like get out of here uh, <laughs> she does go over and check out drink hoist uh they're awesome they're, they've been friends with us the entire time use code one's ready to check out you'll get a sweet discount the packets are fire fire i am a huge fan of the packets the, the drinks are fantastic taste good orange is my favorite flavor so go hit it up if you need some hydration all that out of the way lt welcome to the team room thanks for coming out sir
2: hey thanks for having me fellas appreciate it
0: yeah yeah really appreciate you coming out sir just like always hit us up with your background let us know you know who you are where you came from experiences and, and that'll bring us to now
2: sure thing um yeah so uh military family uh just went in and joined the family business i guess um didn't know anything about special warfare going, uh, you know, going into in school at the academy uh, where I graduated from. Uh, I tried oh, to get in no. there out of high school. Did you? One are you guys? I mean, oh no! What? what the academy. The Is academy. What academy? The, What year? The, the Air Force Academy, night uh, twenty eighteen. I'm an uh, eighteen
0: grad, so yeah, a small technical grad. school, mostly for boys, tucked into the Colorado Rockies. Beautiful. That's right. Okay.
2: The uh, <laughs> the local community college uh, where <laughs> I grew up. Um. So yeah, I tried to get in there after high school, uh, got rejected, tried again, got in. Um, and thankfully it landed me in a, uh, in an area and a squadron where, where guys had some knowledge of the career fields and, and guys were going to selection and guys had been to selection and whatnot, uh, just completely sparked my interest and got me set on the, on the path that got me hooked. So, um, yeah, went, went through the Academy and, uh, You know, by the time I was a sophomore, I was completely hooked and I knew that was what I wanted to do. Uh, Once commissioned, went down to STTS, uh, started the pipeline there, and uh, here we are. Up My first duty station at the 2-2. Like you're saying, best duty station uh, to get right out the gate. Couldn't be happier. Just brought Naya, my wife, and my dog up here and we're loving it so far. So,
0: Fantastic. Best two series unit in in AFSOC.
1: Goodness,
2: I'm going to throw up. Best
0: two series unit in AFSOC. Everybody knows the two, three
1: is the best. Get out of here. You don't even, you have
0: no dog in this fight. You do not Not care. I mean, it's been a minute. At all. Do you care? HEC is the best. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely ridiculous. Uh, So, sir, were you part of the the prep program that's there? I know the Academy has a very well set up prep program for people that want to do these assessment selections. Um, And not many people know about it. So, you know, I guess I would ask, were you part of it? And then what was your experience?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um I think it's one of the one of the big benefits of of going to the academy if you're interested in this career field. Um not to say obviously that that guys don't go be successful regardless of whatever commissioning source or ROTC detachment they go to. One of the things that the academy gives you is just uh exposure. Um, I mean that you know, certain detachments or whatnot just aren't as fortunate to have people like at the time when I was there, Colonel Davidson coming through uh, and to have crows who were stationed there and to have a stow that was stationed there and have that kind of exposure. So my, my philosophy was, I was just like, I'm going to, I'm going to do every program uh, that I can do. I'm, I'm just going to try to get as prepared as I possibly can. Um, so that if I look back on, it, if I don't get selected, I wouldn't be like, oh, well, maybe it's, I should have done this program. Or I should have tried this or should have done that. Um, so yeah, I, I did every program that that the academy has to offer. Um, it, it's it's constantly changing. Um, what program it is, what it's called, who's running it, how it's structured. So I'm sure it's changed pretty drastically since I was there. But the the biggest thing that that the academy gave me in training and doing the prep programs was it put me in touch with at the time buddies who I was training with, and now my best friends to this day. Uh, and other guys who are now in the career field with me, guys who are Stoes, Crows, um, you name it, out there, and, and you know, being TACP officers and whatnot. So, really, what it does is networking. You know, something that uh, a guy who maybe goes to an ROTC detachment where no one has done it before, there, no one has gone to selection or whatnot. Uh, it's it's tough for those guys. They're they're trying to reach out to people and get as much information as they can, and and trying to figure out how to train and. Props to those guys who go out and crush it and be successful. I've got several friends of mine who did exactly that. So,
1: yeah, you'll you'll see it as a, a over time where the the good training places for uh, ROTC detachments kind of moves around. You know, you'll have that that first person yeah. that gets there, and then we'll get a few good years out of it, and then it, it it tends to die. Where the academy is very very consistent. I do have a question about the academy, sir. Um, did you wear your academy jump wings? When you first showed up for the pipeline,
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. Uh, oh big. no, get um, out of here! I, uh, I, oh, did I wear them when I graduated? Or when you when you when showed I was up there? A,
1: yeah.
2: Oh no! When I showed up to the pipeline, absolutely not. All right, I, good. I, I wore them okay. as a cadet. all
1: <laughs> right um, probably. I, I,
2: I showed up with a blank slate on my uniform when I got to the pipeline. So. Um, nice. Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't recommend. I wouldn't recommend uh, doing that. I don't know if anyone was thinking of, but uh, yeah, get the, get those jump wings and you can go to a basic airborne, and uh, and let that be the time that you slap wings on your chest for the first time and wear it on your uniform. Uh, there you go. Yeah, Not so recommended. Not recommended. <laughs> yeah,
0: I just want to get that good advice out <laughs> yeah, there. Get that good advice out there. Hey guys. We can end uh, the
2: podcast right there. That's all we need. <laughs> that's, that's the best piece of advice. Uh, yeah.
0: That's the be- yeah, that's that's the most utilitarian piece of advice we've ever gotten on this podcast. Congratulations. So, w- did you actually go to selection? Did you go to your your phase 1 and phase 2 process when you were in the academy?
2: I did. Uh I uh I went my junior year, so the first time that we can assess um at least when it's an official TDY and the Academy will pay for you going down is uh, spring of your junior year. Mm-hmm. So I would have dropped my phase one packet around January timeframe of, of 2017 and then went to selection that spring.
0: Okay. So spring selection. So it's obviously not as hard as a winter course. Cause I went through a winter course. So you're obviously not, you know, as hard as you know, some of us that went through the winter courses, right? So of course, it, of, course. of course, the water was wetter back then. It was also, uh, you know, rocks were heavier. The air was harder to breathe. Like everything. Basically, you got the easy, yeah. the easy selection. I, so
2: I would take great, Brian. And I was assured uh, by instructors at CCS that I had it easier than everyone who came before me <laughs> after me. will also have it. we we'll also have it. Right. <laughs> yeah. One thing, you know, yeah. just Disclaimer for the podcast is I had the easiest pipeline in the history <laughs> in the
0: history of yeah. the history of special warfare. Yeah, so, it's something I
2: take take a lot of pride in.
0: So you had you had great prep, right? You had you know you you had somebody that you could talk to. You had people in the career field. And you get there to that, to that spring assessment. So, you know, spring of your junior year, it's still, I have a feeling, a pretty big punch in the mouth. So how how was it when you got there? Like what was that that initial? What was the first event that you were like, oh no, it's real? What is happening here?
2: Uh, I uh it's it's really it's really funny looking back on it because as a as a student at STTS, when you go to the pipeline courses, I assisted a lot of selections. And um completely different viewpoint. When when you're in there as a as a candidate, it seems just completely professionalized, structured. Um, you think everything is just running like a machine. Uh I got that impression early on getting there, like as early as the PT test. Um and uh, I, I remember yeah, really, really clearly um having a stopwatch while having a, a, a watch on my wrist when we were running our three mile. Um, as I had it on there, one of the, uh, one of the instructors who's a master sergeant, uh, said, Hey, you're not going to need that. And I was thinking to myself, it's like, well, you know, I guess maybe I'm not going to need it, but, uh, but I guess I should just like keep it on just in case. Cause we had decided as a team that we were going to have one guy with a, with a watch for each group that was running We had two groups. So I ran it, uh, and, and used it, we had, you know, used it to kind of be like, Hey guys, you got this much time to get the finish line. He comes up to me after and he's like, didn't I tell you not to wear that watch? Mm-hmm. And I didn't say anything. I just stood there at attention. He's like, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> I was, I like, was we, like, we were
0: already laughing because we, we could hear you. Like it's a, it's a classic student thing, right? Yeah. You start comes up with, Hey, take your watch off. Okay, cool. Then he goes and runs and you look at the guy and be like, the student's like, well, no, but I just, we just decided as a team, okay, we're going to have a that. watch on, but yeah. I, but I needed the watch. What, why would yeah. I take it off? It's like, Bold move, Cotton. How'd that yeah. play out for you?
2: <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, we, we actually never revisited it because um, I'm <laughs> sure, you know, they, they moved on to the next thing. I screwed up real quickly. But, uh <laughs> yeah, I was I, I was terrified at that moment. I was like, OK, well, that's it. You know, the rest of this week is a wash. We'll see how this goes. Right. Right. Well, if you, if you
0: start from that from that lower, you had, you had nowhere to go but up you know what i mean like now you're showing up and right progression because the next
1: the next time you didn't screw something up the Trent segment strategy is always like mess up really early on (laughs) and that way their expectations of you are so low that when you become mediocre they're like
0: "Eh, yeah yeah
1: it's the old i'm proud of this kid undersell and overperform i like it yeah
0: it's
2: uh it's a technique it is a technique that's for sure
0: it is a technique so it's a technique you get through the week. There was some heinous in that phase two, you know, selection process. There were some heinous things, but this is really kind of like your your first real success um, as a, as a special tactics officer. Is at the end of that week, you know, what was it like for you when it was like, hey, you're a you're a go here, and you're gonna you're gonna walk this path?
2: Yeah, it was a, it's it's an incredible feeling. Um, it's a uh, it's a short lived feeling. Um, but but it really is an incredible moment. Just being like, hey, I got I got the first step out of the way. I got the hire. Um, you've put in a lot of work leading up to that to get to that point to get that go to get that yes. Um, and we went out and we celebrated. And I I, I kept celebrating because it was my junior year. Mm-hmm. Uh, some guys you know assess as seniors or as as already commissioned officers or as cross trainees or whatever, and so they pretty much go back to their unit, pack up, and head right over to the STTS. Well, uh, I had another year and a half to go of just finishing out school until I could even report to STTS. So naturally that fall, or not that fall, that spring, I posted my lowest test scores and GPA in the entire <laughs> academy because uh, I already knew where I was going. I already knew that I was going to you know, be going down to Hurlborough and whatnot. So I uh, struggled with some school motivation there for a little bit, but like I was saying, it is a little bit of a of a short-lived feeling because, like, that's just your foot in the door, you know. That's uh, that's your invitation to now start training to maybe one day become a STO or a CCT or a PJ or SR. So it's, uh, it's a great feeling. It's a great step, but I wouldn't dwell on it. Uh, I wouldn't encourage someone to, to live on that. I would encourage them to get back and get to work.
1: How did that, uh, the selection process didn't meet your expectations? Cause obviously you had, you had a while to think about it, you know, and I, uh, I'm sure you'd heard about it from everybody. And so was it bigger in your mind than it ended up being, or was it about what you expected or where did you
2: struggle? Uh, I think, I think it is always bigger, uh, in your mind than when you actually do it and when you actually go through it. And, um, I, I didn't know anything about the, you know, going through the week or the the process before going in. Uh, this was still a time where, where we signed non-disclosure agreements and everything for it. Mm-hmm. So, so, the, yep. so the information wasn't there, but you knew the basic of like what you were getting into, you knew you're going to be under load and rucking and you knew you're going to be in the water and you knew you were going to be in front of a board talking to the chief and the commander and uh, all those things. So I, I, I think it, it goes over kind of your expectations a lot. And I was never one of those guys who wanted all the stories and wanted all the the details and whatnot. I tend to just want to go to a, uh, a selection or go to an event and just go into the blind and, uh, and just try to perform like you prepared. But, right. um, but yeah, the, the water definitely, uh, was always something that I struggled with, uh, which is a common story amongst guys going to selection and through the pipeline. Uh, even just uh, with the training at at the academy, like it, it still was something I struggled with at selection. Um, and well, yeah, because it
0: sucks, sir. So- or- it's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> you're underwater, you can't breathe. You're terrified. It was yeah. awful. In you case everybody I mean. wasn't tracking, you can't breathe underwater. You can't breathe you can't underwater. Breathe yeah, I ha- I could not figure it out the entire That's time. Great. I did. I did I'm want to ask. To us- it out for years. <laughs> <laughs> I did want to ask a question. It would make my life a lot easier to be honest with you. I did want to ask a question though, because you, you hit something there that we have heard. We've heard a lot of feedback and we're starting to see. So the pipeline has changed a little bit. And people are spending more time down here at JBSA before they go on to their other ones. And one of the big problems that we're getting from, you know, from the students and from people that are getting through the pipeline and people that have recently graduated is just like you were talking about, you know, you passed your phase two and then you had a long time. You had that year and a half or, you know, 18 months or so. How did you stay motivated in that process? And how did you, how did you keep your mind on the task? Because the grind of training day in and day out, you know, just to kind of some days you just feel like you're killing time. And i I've, I've felt in those doldrums as well. So, what, what did you use to to keep yourself motivated before you actually went to A Yeah,
2: that's a great question. Um, I think I would just pull it back to what I was talking about earlier with the, with the group of guys that I had there that you know that I was training with, and one of the really cool things about going to the Air Force Academy and going through that process that they have there is with the prep programs you go through it. Uh, as a student. And then, if you're one of the guys that finishes or goes and be successful at selection, uh, we want to put that knowledge and that experience back into the program to help younger guys out. So, I, I would say my biggest growth and, and the time where I progressed the most as a person, uh, you know, in training, physically, mentally, was in that year as a senior where I was mentoring other guys. Uh, when I was when I was helping run the programs, and thankfully we had a uh, we had an officer who was the OIC for our program who pushed us to do that, uh, and he he really made us professionalize it uh, and take it from what it was of just you know some cadets just going out and, and beating each other on on rucks and runs and whatnot to trying to professionalize it and make sure that we were going through the right planning and whatnot to put on these training events. With the intent of guys getting selected, so that was when I saw the most growth there, and it was an awesome experience. And then just for training and staying motivated, like my, my best friends were were going through the same process with me, and some of them were selected in the same time frame. Some of them didn't get selected till a year later, and so it was just a constant community of us just kind of getting out and and you know hitting the training and, and talking about it and trying to get better and just making each other wanted even more. So uh, I didn't think I ever struggled to keep motivation to keep going throughout that year, just because it was, it was something we were all excited to do. And it's something we all loved and, uh, we just pushed each other to it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, but when you get to A&S, right, well, I, I'm sorry,
0: we might, we might've misspoken here. Did you actually have, did you have to go to A&S or did you just go straight to Herbie?
2: No. So I, uh, I, I was the last class To go through, I guess what is now the old pipeline. Uh, Okay, got (laughs) it. Yeah, yeah. Because we changed. changed,
0: I was worried because I was like, uh, "Special Warfare officers now for Stows, you go to Phase One, Phase Two, and then report directly to Herbie." Is that correct?
2: That's so. That's what I did. Um, It sounds like now they're going uh, straight to San Antonio to start. Right, straight to ANS. Yeah. yeah, Okay. Cool. So. So some, yeah. I think the cross-trainees and the and, by and by. the cross-training officers as well just go to a and uh, I was still in that that group of guys that went down to Hurlburt, did phase two, reported to STTS as your first duty station, and then we TDY'd to, to all the schools of the pipeline until we were back there. So,
1: so you did the old CCT-SAUT selection course for a couple of weeks down here? I did, Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, so I, I just want to get to that point where you show up and you have like your community of peers mm-hmm. and then you show up to the selection course. And then there's like a pile of enlisted dudes that they throw at you and they say, this is your problem now. And mm-hmm. What was what was that transition like? You know, because you go through your own selection process and it's all it's not all about you, but it's about your team. But now your team is it's it's different. Now you're responsible. What, what's that transition like going from the first selection to the second?
2: Yeah, the uh, the. The second selection and starting going through the pipeline, there's just a lot more at stake and there's a lot more people that are depending on you. Um, there's there's a lot more guys that whether you realize it or not, um, they are looking at you every day and they're watching what you do and they're taking note of how you do it. And it's a really cool thing that um, a buddy of mine who was in Indoc at the same time that I was down there at CCSC, uh, he had this realization kind of at, at a later point where one of their guys on the team looked at him and the other crow going through training. And we're like, yeah, I mean, if you guys weren't here, like I'll, I would probably have quit. I don't know if I would still be here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and it's, it's, it's one of those realizations where you're like, wow, it it really matters how I conduct myself. It really matters what I do. It really matters how I lead these guys. Um, And, and it's a short week going to officer phase two, and they just get a snippet of you. They're not, you know, selecting you, Thinking, yeah, this guy is going to go be a great stow or crow. They're selecting you, thinking like, okay, we think this guy has a chance to develop and become that. So that's exactly. really your first step. That's really your first introduction to like, okay, this is this is real now. I've gone from getting my foot in the door to now I have to I have to lead a team. And in in the pipeline, that starts with going out and crushing selection and and being a uh, being an out front kind of guy and uh, and just performing and and helping your guys through and being someone to look at when uh, you've been doing eight counts for a long time uh, and, yeah. and they're going to look over you yeah and they're going to look at and be, you yeah. and gonna is this guy a crush yeah exactly yeah. well yeah, i mean like, we would talk about it
0: as instructors but when you have those personalities on the team the leadership always the, the younger airmen that are going through the selection are always looking at the cross trainees and always looking at the officers. And we used to talk about it and there was always a number that we would assign to it. But you, if one of those guys quit, cause every once in a while you would have somebody quit or somebody fail out, you would take like, especially early on, you would see like 10 people go with them. It would, it would be, that was, you know, Hey, I thought that this guy was, he was already selected. He was already doing well. He was crushing it. You know, I specifically remember watching a, an NCO off of one of the teams that I was proctor of you know, he decided that he, you know, for some family issues, he was going to quit and he was going to leave the pipeline, which we all supported. We're like, Hey, you have to make that decision for your family, come back and try it again. You're a good guy. But we no kidding had five or six young, young airmen that were just like, Nope, that was it. I thought this guy had it together and you know, it, it just crushed him. So that I don't think that responsibility is really, really explained to people when they cross train or really explained to officers, but you guys hold a lot, a lot of power over the culture of that team. And, you know, enlisted, enlisted NCOs always own the culture, but you're, you're, you're driving that sled, man. Like if we're the sled dog and you're, you're the guy driving that sled with the whip, like when you don't have a driver back there, you're like, whoa, what is, what is happening? The sled dog just starts doing stuff, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. That's, as never good. Um, so you, you got down to Herbie and then what was your first pipeline school?
2: Oh uh, yeah. So after CCSC, um, I went back to Herlbert, went through airborne school. Uh, and then kind of Get the story it. of the pipeline from there was that's when I put my wings on. Right. Uh, <laughs> Good job. Good job. And then uh, the story of my pipeline from there was kind of just they sit and wait for three months. All right, now go to Sear. All right, sit and wait for three months. Now go to ATC, sit and wait for two months, go to CCS. So uh, thankfully, like, I, I think there have been positive changes in the pipeline that uh, that's helped stop that and help You know push guys through a little quicker um because yeah it was it was three years start to finish just based on report time and when i graduated stts uh for completing the pipeline um, without injuries or washbacks just based on time alone so thankfully yeah the changes i think have streamlined the process Uh, i think getting guys to their operational unit as quick as possible is critical Um, getting them with the skills they need and what they need to be successful, but getting them there sooner rather than later is is extremely beneficial. So I'm glad to hear that there have been some changes put in.
1: We're trying. yeah, Yeah. trying. I feel a little attacked. (laughs) Trying my best, sir. I feel
0: a little attacked since I was the guy that was making these calls as you were doing it. Um, no, big, good calls, big big, calls. big friction points for for your pipeline. So for combat controllers and for special tactics officers is always going to be you know that first real crucible down at ATC. So how was your experience down at Keesler at ATC?
2: Oh, it was. You know, going through it, there's obviously it's just really long days. um, completely honestly, the hardest part about ATC was going through the uh, actual like academic course just because it was just such long academic days um, some days were academically challenging some days were just just a complete drag uh, I think the first oh, yeah. the first day of the course that I was in down there where we were just going through, Uh, these are different awards that an air traffic controller can get, and these are the different this or that. Like that was that was the first time in the pipeline that I I was like, I think I'm gonna quit. Like I think I'm gonna make it through four months of this. Well, that's Um, the
0: dirty secret, right? Is like it baked into all of these court like. You have this idea, right? And I think when you go through the pipeline, you get through selection and everything up until then has just been go, 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 go. And you get to kind of that, you know, ATC is kind of like, for my experience, it's like our paramedic, right? Yeah. And you think just every day it's going to be like trauma medicine and you learn all these things. Uh, nope. It was like, I, I distinctly remember, you know, sitting in anatomy and physiology and having somebody tell me about every single organ and how it functions. And like, you, you may know it, you may be like, no, I, I got it. There's no fast forward button. No. That's still an eight hour academic day and you still have yeah. a workout after that day. So, yeah, it's not all uh, it's you're not going to be mentally engaged every single day. And sometimes you are learning about history and awards and administration and you are learning about these other things. But it's looking back on it. You're like, oh, I actually actually did need to know those things. And and it was just a fire hose of information. So I, I feel that pain.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And then and then on the flip side with the ATC is. I looking back on, I look back extremely fondly of that experience, just because that four months it was so critical to my team going forward, like our forming process. Uh, it's it's when we really like built relationships, and it was when we really started. Just, I mean, going through that daily grind with each other, you get really close to guys. Uh, and then when you take that to CCS, uh, I th- I think it was really helpful and really beneficial because we went in. Uh, and it felt like we were a team from the get go. Um, just day in, day out, grinding for four months, um, and being the last uh, being the last team to go through the way it you know used to be. The um, last hard team, sir. You can the, say it.
0: You're the last, <laughs> last hard team, you're the last, the last of a dying we breed, sir. The easiest the easiest I already pipeline. told you guys I no, had
2: the easiest you, pipeline. Wow, you so lied. Was, no, you're the you last of a dying pipeline, breed. breed. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, we so we were there and it was just us for for all four months. So I, I hope that in the in the new pipeline that they that there's a good place where they still do that. I know ATC has changed. Uh, I know it's gone to Pope and it looks different, but I, I hope that that's still in there because it is it is really critical to going and being successful as a team at CCS. You come in as a unit instead of a bunch of guys still trying to figure it out and get through the pipeline.
1: Yeah, we we put a lot of work into making sure that to try to keep groups of people together as much as possible because we recognize the higher success rate of a team going into the apprentice course versus you know just a smattering of folks from all over the place and having to go through that you know storming, norming, and all that the whole process again the whole team process. So I think we, we've done a pretty good job of that. Yeah, yeah, and and guys do you get
0: to, you know that time so at least you you do have you know everybody on your team very rarely. You know, there were times in my pipeline where I would show up and no kidding, somebody that I'd never even knew. They're like, yeah, he's on your apprentice course team. And I'm like, when did you even graduate? Where where dude? have you been? You know what I mean? And that's that's tough, um, especially going into CCS. So what was your experience like in CCS?
2: I think it was it, it was everything that I, I thought it was going to be. Uh,
0: and, <laughs> that's, yeah, a gra- it, that's a very diplomatic answer. It really sir. is.
2: And I, I think there are certain... Uh, you sometimes guys have experiences and, and like we were talking about earlier, you build it up in your head and, um, and you go through it and you're like, ah, oh, that didn't really, you know, meet my expectations. Maybe you were expecting to feel, you know, more triumphant in the, in the aftermath of it. Like you really accomplished something. Cause, cause that's one of the main attractors that attracts young guys to the career field, I think is like, Hey, I want to go out and I want to accomplish something. I want to do something hard. I wanna, hard. Yeah. I want to, I want I want to write this something that means something. Right. And C- CCS was exactly that for me. Um, I, I look back on it and I'm like, yeah, it was exactly what I think it was hyped up to be. It was, it was just constant work. Um, they encouraged our team to like treat it like a, like a deployment, like a three or four month deployment, just like you're here, you're not anywhere else. Like this is your sole purpose. And, uh, and, and thankfully, like we had strong leadership on the team, we had a really strong NCO, we had really strong officers, and they they drove the team and, and we did exactly that. And I'm extremely thankful for it. Because at the end of it, uh, after going through, you know, sit, we we're like, wow, that was exactly what it was hyped up to be. You go through tactics. We're like, yeah, we, we're glad you, to be to
0: sorry, well just I, I don't want to interrupt you. But you said go through sit, can you just talk a little bit about what sit is people might not know what that means?
2: Yeah, Sit is a stress inoculation training, which is the uh, the politically correct way of saying Hell Week. Um, Got it. it. It's the uh, it used to be the first week of combat control school, uh, and that's where we would see not the only attrition, but the highest attrition throughout the course. Uh, it's just the uh, the four day grinder event where you're just constantly going. Um, but yeah, r- really challenging experience. Um, some of the lowest points uh, in the pipeline were in that four-day period. Uh, I'm extremely thankful for Looking back, and it was it, it was a great moment to be done with that, with that team that came through ATC. Uh, look at those guys, because if there's anything that a combat controller SR student built up in their mind uh, going through the pipeline, I went through it was it was sit. It was that four months of of constantly hearing like we're going to doing these rucks on our our down days or down Fridays. Prepping for sit. We're out here in the heat and whatnot because we're prepping for sit. Um, you know, you guys aren't going to be successful in sit. If you can't do this, if you can't do that. Right. So so finally getting through that was awesome for the team was awesome for the guys.
1: I think uh, I, I want to go back to one thing that you were talking about a little bit, the 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 one purpose, like only having one thing to focus on. I think one of the reasons people look back at the pipelines with such fondness and sometimes like we I think we treat deployments the same way is that that freedom. Of only having to focus on that one thing and being so task uh focused and task saturated. It's hard to explain to people. And I don't I don't know who how told amazing you that. That is. who equated the, the apprentice course or CCS. I don't
0: know who equated that to having a, a deployment who framed it like that. But kudos Perfect. to them because that is fantastic. That is exactly what it is. And I wish that I could crystallize. Sometimes you wish you could put people inside of your head so that you just feel intently what you mean and it's exactly like a deployment. That is, that is a fantastic way to think about it because you are singularly focused. Hey, there is nobody outside of these four walls. This is the place where you are.
1: You're here to train and, and that's it. That's a, that's a great way to put it. Yeah. But while you guys were going through um, you know, the apprentice course and all that other stuff, were there any any instructors or anything that that stuck out to you as uh, like a, a turning point or or things that really helped you out get through
2: get through all that? There are lots. Uh, there were there were tons. Um, thankfully, you know, I I hear some guys experiences from the pipeline and and not to say that I didn't have any, but. Um, I can at least think of of one in, in the you know, worst case of one instance where I learned something from an instructor um, and you're always learning stuff from those guys. And, and regardless of, of who they are, how you personally feel about them. Uh, I think it's smart as a student going through just to be like, hey, I can learn something from this guy. This guy has experience that I don't have. There's something that I can absolutely learn. And uh, and on the flip side of that. It was it was heavily weighted towards guys who were not only good experience, but were were good instructors and were good mentors. Um, I, I don't even we would need like another podcast or two to talk about the the good examples that I saw going through <laughs> going yeah. through the pipeline. Um, yeah, there's, there's, there were lots of it and I'm super thankful for that. Um, I guess I'll talk, uh, I'll point out one example. Um, also just, just because he's a former uh, guest on the podcast was Wink, uh, not an instructor, <laughs> not yeah. an instructor through my pipeline, but Wink and I actually went to phase two together. Um, and from then on, he just, he kept tabs on me and the other guys that were from that selection course. And, uh, I was constantly talking to Wink. I was constantly talking to Wink when I was at ATC and I was constantly talking to him when I was at CCS and going through the other schools in the pipeline. Um, he just, he just poured into us and the other guys and invested in us throughout the entire process. Uh, and awesome enough. Yeah. I ended up at the two, two together.
0: I was gonna say, yeah, how how cool is it to be like on the other end of that now with Wink?
2: Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome. That's just that's just one example of of the uh the wealth of guys that I felt like invested in me over the over the course of the pipeline and, and now getting the unit is uh thankful not only for that, but it's cool to to go through it and then be successful through it and look back and be like, awesome. I, I hope that they know that they they made a difference that it helped out. Um, and, and that's part of the reason that i up here at the two, two and in Washington is because of all those guys. So uh, trying to, trying to pay it forward. Part of the reason I, I was took up chiefs offer to come on the podcast was, um, you know, as much as, as we can joke about it, taking ROTC cadets around the squadron or kind of doing a little dog and pony show here or there. When I was in that same position, when I was a cadet, you're trying to grasp onto every piece of information every experience every person you can talk to that you might see show up on campus with a beret you're like i need to go talk to that guy right now um and and trying to pay that forward i think is really important trying to give guys the information they need because uh they're they're out there guys at rtc detachments who have no exposure uh they've got no one in their command structure who knows someone in the career field or knows anything about it so it's uh it's tough for those guys to go out and find information. Thankfully, there's a lot of exposure now out there on the internet and books and whatnot, but uh, it's, it's really good for those guys.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's honestly why we're here. You know, uh, we, we felt the same way and we wanted to pay it forward too, because we found that there was a, a space for us to to do it and, and people are looking for that information and I know we joke about answering the same questions all over again and Trent's favorite question of all time I don't joke about it I'm actually really angry <laughs> he hates it he, you know hey what do you what do you do on any day when you're not deployed like what you, what you, uh-huh. you can see his like little a head veins yeah, right. but it is they do they do want that information and, and unless somebody is like no kidding it the engagement has to go two ways you have to have somebody that's willing to give back and I'm so happy to hear that that wink was that guy for you and that you Found a community that was was willing to to give back, and ultimately led to your success at CCS. And you put on that scarlet beret, and bang, you are you're a sto. Like how how did that feel? Because like you go to STTS afterwards, and and you're going to go to the cool schools, then right? So you're going to go to pre dive, and then you're going to go to free fall, and you know then you're going to go off and, and do all of the other things. But man, what was what was it like that that fateful evening at, at Pope when you you put that beret on, you blouse those boots, and you just kind of looked at these guys, and you're like.
2: Dang, we we made it. Yeah, it was incredible. It was uh, it was like I was saying earlier. It was uh, it, it met all expectations, which I think is really cool. Uh, there there would have been nothing more disappointing than than that team getting to that point. Looking back on it, and been like, oh, we will, It really wasn't as hard as we thought. You know, we really didn't have to invest the time and the effort to get here, uh, and, and to let that moment kind of be like, oh, I, I don't feel like I've really earned this. Um, and I'm, I'm really thankful to the, the squadron that, uh, combat control school and how they operate and what they did in that program, because getting to that moment, you know, you definitely felt like you're some, uh, and you felt like it was worth it and it was worth the, the effort and the time. Um, it, it was a great moment to, to finally get to that point again, another moment where you put that on and, and they remind you of it and the guys talk about it, but the, uh, It's another point in time where you celebrate for a moment and you got to get back to work. And uh, reality sets in real soon. Uh, It's time to know, okay, you've gone through the basics. You've gotten a beret. You still have infinite amount of stuff to learn and so many line items until you're a five level, uh, until you can go to your operational unit. Um, So great moment. Again, short-lived, like you got to get back to work.
1: Yeah, but sir, as, a, as like a student leader, I know as instructors we see some of this, but you you were like living and going through these experiences with some of these, uh, like uh, especially like the lower enlisted folks, and having seen some of them, I, I guarantee being close to quitting at least on one occasion, and watching these these guys overcome these uh, these obstacles in their way, and then watching those guys put on the break because I know it's 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 satisfying as an individual, but you know when you look over at your your new brother. And you know that like the guy that struggled a little bit or had these, these big things happen, like what, how did that, how do you process that when you, when you watch one of those guys that you knew took, it took everything for him to get there. When you watch him put on his beret, uh during that ceremony.
2: It's awesome. It, it's a, it's a, I keep using the same words to describe it, but it really is. It's just, uh, it, it's, it's an incredible thing to watch. And I have, A very specific person in mind. Like you just described one of the guys on my team. I think you described one of the guys that's on every team.
1: Uh, The guy
2: that at the start of of selection course, you're kind of looking at him and you're like, ah, I don't know. I don't know if this guy's going to make it. You know, I, I was that guy and I can hear you like we're the only <laughs> we're the only three people on this thing,
0: sir. Like, I, yeah, <laughs> I, I can hear you when you say these mean things about me, like Trent yeah. asses. and I mean, like, that's how everybody looked at me on my team. They're yeah. like, oh, yeah. he was never any good, but he made it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think uh, I think there is something to be said about that, though. Um, you you have a different experience being a guy who's constantly struggling versus a guy that is constantly crushing it. Um and you tend to see guys who are constantly crushing it. They hit the first really challenging moment. They hit the first point where they get in their head and, and they're like, wow, this is for real. They get that realization moment. And it uh and it can crush guys. And and it's the reason that people say like, oh, this dude that was on my team was a phenomenal athlete was A complete stud didn't make it, Uh, you know, because maybe selection course wasn't that hard. Maybe ATC wasn't that hard for him, but maybe getting to CCS, going through sit, that first moment where you're like, I'm completely exhausted. I don't know if I'm going to be able to make this run. Mentally, that can crush a guy. Um, But the guy who showed up to selection course day one, and from day one, it was terrible. And from day one, he was struggling. And from day one, he was like, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to make this next run, this next rock, this next day. Uh that you dude just described my pipeline. You just yeah. described two
0: years of my life. <laughs> You've really yeah, there's, there's <laughs> you know guys I mean? like that
2: on every team. There's guys like that on every yep. team. And and I think there's something to be said about those guys and and how successful they are mentally. Um, because it it forges a character in those guys that is the reason they end up making it through the pipeline, you know? Yeah. I do
0: want to spend a little bit of time. We're going to have a, we're putting together a pipeline series. You may or may not have seen, we already talked about airborne school and kind of what everybody can expect. And the next one coming out of the hopper is going to be dive school. I want to talk about STTS has had one of the most successful pre-dive programs. Like their, their success rate through dive school is through the roof. It's awesome. The, uh, the pre-dive program that we use now is directly modeled off of it. The new ANS is directly modeled off of the STTS, uh, STTS Program, uh, but it's still hard, and I know it was still another one of those challenges for you. So, you have any any experiences from dive school that you want to talk about or stuff that you remember? Because that 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 one for me, I, I don't know why, but for pipeline schools, I remember every day of dive school, I, and I don't know why. Like, I I just gotten out of Indoc, I, I was a little bit weird. I went Indoc, and then I went to free fall because I already had airborne and sear. Okay.
2: So they just had a
0: free fall spot, so they sent me directly from Indoc to free fall. Where, where I did minimum amounts of PT and just jumped. And then I got home and I was at, at dive school like a week later that first run at dive school. I was like, cool. Oh no, Oh no, this is yeah, not good. I haven't seen water in a minute. I haven't seen what, what are we doing? Oh no, it was bad. Uh, w- what do you remember about dive school?
2: Yeah, well you'll appreciate this. So I, I did something really similar instead of coming out of CCS and going to pre-scuba, um, I also went to freefall. Uh, they split my team in half. They sent half of us to freefall, which happened to be all the officers and one of our NCOs. And then they oh, sent the other course. guys and an NCO to of uh, course to pre scuba. Uh, send the so sweaties can, to
1: pre scuba and let they, the officers have their officer time yeah, at the freefall course. The officers and the retraining are supposed to be stronger. They so are. if they take that break, right. the expectation is you'll still make it. You'll
2: still make yeah. it. Yep. Yeah. So you can imagine the uh, you can imagine how that went with the team and how happy they were to go to preschool while we were out in Yuma. Um, uh, but it was like, I, I think that's a, uh, it, it's a skill to be able to go out and go to a great school like free fall. I went to Yuma for free fall school um, weekends, camping in, in all the national forest out there, going to Joshua tree, going to San Diego uh, being able to do that and still maintain fitness and still you know, get out after a day and go work out uh, because we knew pre-scuba was on the horizon. You know, um, it would have been awesome going to free fall without pre-scuba and dive school on the horizon, um, but it is what it is. And, and I think there's something uh, that's important about being able to go and have a good time and enjoy school, but being able to get right back to work. Um, because if, it, if we touched on this earlier of having downtime in between hard events if you continue to just crush yourself and if you continue to just stay in that mentality, uh, it, it'll get really draining and it'll really suck after a while. Um, but yeah, moving to dive school after that, uh, it's kind of a, um, th- th- this was, it's not kind of, this was the hardest part of the pipeline for a couple of reasons. Um, one, because it's dive school. Uh, one, because it's, it's the challenge that um, the entire reason that the structure was the way it was for my pipeline was because they put the most mentally taxing challenge, which they think is one man's at the end after combat control school. So the whole idea of that structure was that guys who have been tested through ATC and CCS and sit, then go to pre scuba and the final big test of the pipeline is one man's. Um, The other part of that was while my other half of my team that we graduated CCS with was at dive school. Uh, we lost Keegan Baker in uh, in training, and it was the it was the lowest point of the pipeline for for all of us. Uh, it was the hardest thing to do through the pipeline to go through all that. Um, and then a few weeks after that happened, you know, you're getting asked to get back in the water, and you're getting asked to go to pre scuba, uh, and then. Five weeks of pre scuba later, we're all going out to dive school in Key West. And so it was a, uh, it was a mentally challenging thing for a couple of reasons, one of which was just being the water. Uh, and one of which being it was a, uh, there was something else to it because that's where, that's where we lost Keegan was, was in the water.
0: Yeah. and it, And it's tough and it's uh, you know, it's, un- it's unfortunate in here for me, like, I am sorry that you had to go through that. Um, but I think that on the back end of it, you know, losing, losing Keegan and and getting your, like, you guys have to come together as a team there. You know, we've all lost yeah. teammates. I can think of, you know, a lot of, I have a lot of names that are rolling through my head right now. Of You know, how am I supposed to go out there and, and do this? You know, I remember losing, you know, Pedro six, six with Ben white and, uh, he was a really, really close friend of mine throughout the entire pipeline, and I was, I was literally in North Carolina. and I was about to deploy in the next like two days after we found out Ben died, and we were like, "Holy crap, man! How are we supposed to go do this thing?" But I'm glad that you, um, I'm glad that you guys were able to rally around each other, and and I know that the Keegan Baker uh, Memorial Foundation has been doing great things, um, going around and, and getting rucks and getting a name out there. So, man, that, that really sucks that you guys went through that, but I imagine that there was there were good things too that you could bring everybody together, um, and then accomplish dive school.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, and it was exactly that, uh, it was the, it was the lowest point of the pipeline. Uh, it was, it was the, uh, the hardest part of the pipeline. And it was also the, um, it was, it was finally that moment where we felt part of the community. Like it it was, it was kind of that process where I finally felt like I was in special tactics, you know, um, even as a student, um, but yeah, you know, coming through uh going through the pipeline still, like it's it's always on the horizon, you know, but, you know, going and being with the units or whatever, like you're still a student, it's always further in front of you. Going through that process um was finally the moment where I was like, okay, like I'm part of this, we're part of this community. Uh and seeing how the rest of ST and especially when we went up to the funeral seeing the 120, uh, the 125th. And guys from the two two come down and support. That, that was a that was a big moment. Uh, it was a big deal, and it was also it was the toughest leadership thing in the program as well. You know, how are we going to deal with this as a team moving forward? Super proud of the guys on how they handled it. Um, everyone handles it in their own way, but obviously there's there's better ways to handle it than there are wrong. You know, there's some wrong ways. Uh, guys handled it really well, and then we did exactly that. Like we got back in the water and uh, went to dive school. Uh, super cool opportunity. The majority of my team, we all actually went down to Key West, uh, going through the Army course down there, uh, and it was a great experience. Another really challenging school, another school that uh, for someone who wasn't the best in the water like myself was everything that I think it was uh, it was hyped up to be down there. Really challenging course. Um, really great experience in finishing that and and hanging out with the Green Berets down there that we went through the course with and building relationships with guys and finally getting your dive bubble and being like, yeah, it was worth it. We did something, you know?
0: I like how you just phrased going out to uh sloppy Joe's on Duval. I like how you call that building relationships. That was, <laughs> that was a really, that was a really yeah. cool way to say that we went to, to the Mar- uh what is it? Marina point to watch sunset, the sunset festival up in Marina point every, uh, <laughs> every night it's uh, yeah, building it's, relationships.
2: It's heartbreaking. Um, <laughs> I, I had quite possibly the, the least CDQC uh, like experience out of anyone who's been down to that that course because we were the first course after COVID. Uh, so uh, our Key West experience was restricted to Fleming Key for six weeks. Oh, um, the we, worst! Yeah, yeah, we got <laughs> out. We we would get out on a you know maybe a Saturday and take a GOV over there to the to the Navy Exchange. No. Uh, we'd stock up on beer. And a uh, fishing line for some of the guys who were just fishing off the point there. And we would just go back and day drink Saturday through Sunday. <laughs> and that's how we got through dive school. We would ride the two rusty bikes that are sitting under the dorms there around the key. Right. Uh, and we would, we would day drink until it was time. Completely to go to- responsibly
0: with yeah. people that are over 21 over and 20. never yes. never imbibing too much. Never. Of course. Never, never. Always. One
1: drink per
2: hour.
0: One drink per hour. What, what, what was the old one? Was it one one three? One drink per hour. You had to have uh, one glass of water with it and you could have no more than three drinks. That used to be an Air yeah. Force thing. They I would don't, hand don't, out cars that were like one one three. It's hilarious. I don't want to display my ignorance on the subject of like, what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> exactly. Again,
2: but, you know, it's a technique. Uh,
0: it's, uh, <laughs> it is a technique. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. But it's good. Like those things are good. Like it is, it is completely allowed, like managing your relationship with alcohol is always an important thing. And of course, I'm always going to say that, but you need to have that time to decompress. You need to have that time that, Hey, we're just going to, we're going to kick back a couple of beers. We're going to have a fishing. We're going to like literally just chill out uh, and, you know, meet some of the bros and, and be out there. Those, those can be some fun times too so I keep hearing a lot of parallels I've also been restricted most of my pipeline experience too so there was a lot of uh, a lot of me being on base I I distinctly remember I believe it was at uh, ops. so I was you know I'm, I'm all the way through the entire pipeline like I think like we're close I'm in the apprentice course so we're doing water ops I'm almost there and we were still carrying boats around and getting just absolutely Whoa. smoked <laughs> in Florida because we were the worst team of all time. You're gonna be strong. You're gonna be smart. You're gonna be strong. You're gonna be smart. But that uh, that brings us to now, sir. Now, now you're here at the here at the two two with us, and and you're a, a junior lieutenant. You just got there, you know, recently, and and you're you're a real boy now. Um, <laughs> yes, I think I know. A real boy. A real boy. You are a real boy. I think I know. Um, you know how it feels because we we've talked about it a lot, but. You know, what is it like now when you're you're walking into those spaces and and now there's there's no instructor, there's no one behind the curtain like this is you now. So how, how is that? How is that transition going for you?
2: Uh, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a balance of of getting to the squadron and knowing that you're an officer. and And in my case, like I I asked for it. I wanted to go straight to a team. Um, I wanted to go straight into the frying pan, and that's exactly what I asked Peaches for, and he, I he gave it to me. So uh, it's kind of time to put my money where my mouth is and, and start. You know what
0: eating, caveat? But... You know what caveat emptor means? It means I buyer be, buyer beware. Yes. So that's exactly uh,
2: re- what it was.
0: Let's revisit this in about six months. So <laughs> yes. I think that that'll be great because you know as we we're uh, as we're looking at the unit training plan and getting into this next cycle and stuff we are busy like we are stepping yeah. on the gas and you, and you were about to be off to the races and i i'm excited uh to see what it is that that you guys do what uh what leadership challenges you think you're going to have uh coming up here
2: uh yeah that's uh that is the balance exactly right there is is you got to step in now that you're you've gone through the pipeline um, and honestly for the majority of the pipeline going through uh, the officers take more of an NCO role in the pipeline than an officer role, um, and, and now you're trying to figure out exactly what being an officer and an operational unit on a team look like. Um, and you gotta, you got to look at your lack of experience, you know, and understand that you've got so much to learn, and you got to understand that every single person in that room knows more and has done more than you have, at the same time you still need to have the confidence and the ability to say, like, I am in charge of this team. You know, um, I am, I am the guy who's getting looked at to make decisions and, uh, and at the end own responsibility for this team. You know uh, you, thankfully, you know, it's not just completely on your own. I got a, a phenomenal team Sergeant who's uh, who's helping me out, just learn and figure it out. But at the end of the day, you, you have to push past that lack of experience. And understand that you got to own it, and you got to be in that role, and you got to be a leader still, regardless of that massive experience gap between you and the uh, the other guys on your team.
1: I and mean, it's just it's just different jobs, you know. And I think I've had really, really good experiences with lieutenants coming out of the pipeline because I think everybody comes out with that same mentality of, of of humility but confidence. You know, obviously you've been there the whole time, and then I mean you're the you're the bridge from the the NCO. Internal team thing to the the out <clears throat> and the future planning and and you know talking to the squadron commander and all that other kind of stuff to to get things done. Uh, but I think we we actually do a really good job culturally of uh, fusing all that stuff together the the NCO core and the officer core and make sure everybody goes through those processes and and it grows the right way. So um, you know. Not not that I love lieutenants. I'm just <laughs> well, I'm just yeah. saying that I've had some really positive experience. Well, and, and I he, do love lieutenants. Yeah. <laughs> and here for me, like even as
0: an NCO or as a senior NCO, we are completely and totally sensitive to that fact. Like we, we know that you don't have any experience and we also know that you're in command. Yeah. I'm not in command. I'm in charge. Those are two different things. And it's always, I, I think you're right. I think we do a, a great job because there is that. Sort of, you know, we do extend these young officers some grace, you know, you do need, you need to be able to run, you need to be able to go and figure out who it is you're going to be as a leader, as an officer, as a sto, as a person, you need the space to be able to do that. And I I think our NCOs and our senior NCOs do a good job of letting you have that space around. Of course, you're going to be every once in a while, you need an A-Dog, right? You need somebody to be like, A-Dog. that wasn't it. Right. But, yeah. but I'm going to pull you aside and say, hey, let's let's vector this in and let's figure it out. And then they're always there to, to give that. So I, I
1: yeah. think you're right. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of an unfair thing because, you know, we take 10, 12 years to learn everything we learn on team. You bring in a new team leader and we just throw the kitchen sink at you. like, <laughs> right. This is all yours. Good luck. Right. Yeah, I've been doing that. I've been doing this for
0: 15 years. You've been here yeah. for 15 minutes. What What's your call here, sir? Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. you going to do, PL?
2: Yeah. And, and I think that's one of the important things to realize for guys deciding what they want to do um, and, and thinking that, uh, oh, if I want to be a leader. I want to be an officer. It's like, well, you know, that's not necessarily the case. It's how do you want to lead? You know, how, what kind of leader do you want to be? Do you want to be a, a tactical experience leader? It's like you need to be an NCO. If you are if you are the guy, it's like I want to be, you know, down in with the team at all times. Driving the tactical level, the training, driving all that—like it it sounds like you have the perfect personality to go be a solid NCO. Um, It's it's a it's just a different thing uh, leading as an officer than it is. Uh, And so I think that's exactly what you're saying is is the important thing for guys to realize. You know, should I enlist? Should I try to commission and go be a be an officer in the career field? Is is uh, you know, what what are you looking for from that? Are you kind of looking for that opportunity to? uh, go in and be in command, or do you want to be the guy in charge? Uh, cause they're all awesome opportunities. Uh, and as we know from, from guys, it's, it's not a one or the other thing. You can spend plenty of time as a, as a enlisted guy and on a team and then commission and then go do the officer thing. And, uh, I think some of the, the best officers I know are guys who have done that and, uh, secretly super jealous that I didn't just enlist out of high school and spend my time. Well, and is the that way and to go, sir. Mustang yeah. is the way to go. Yeah.
1: Now, well, I mean, I think we're going to wrap it up, but like, just, I appreciate you coming on, sir, and being open and honest about the, the pipeline and your experiences and the differences between everything. And I'm excited. I, I want to bring you back on whenever we can, because I'm excited for everything that you're about to go through in your career and uh, all the experiences that you're about to have. But, um, uh, unless uh, you have anything else, I think we're going to wrap this one up, put a bow on it, and uh, uh, good luck in all your future endeavors.
0: Yeah, I really appreciate you coming on, and we'll see you as soon as we get back to that beautiful PNW. So I'll see you, I'll see you yeah, this week. Make sure you this week. give your senior NCOs a really hard time for me.
2: That's <laughs> right. All right, right, will do
0: absolutely all right sir thanks everybody out there thanks for following thanks for liking do us a favor go or leave a review on the podcast it really does help us kind of climb up there and get more people eyes on uh lt doesn't have any social if you want to talk to him directly he said hey i'm cool with it so just hit us up throw us a dm you know the dms don't go on red in the box for more than about an hour or so we're always on them dms so uh again lieutenant nate ziegler thanks for coming out we really appreciate you thanks everybody else out there for listening to the podcast everybody train hard have a good week love